we get this question so often, right? Like, how did you launch so much so quickly? And like the oversimplified answer is just ask them what they want and then deliver what they asked. The reason the market is so saturated is because there is no barrier to entry. You can create a supplement brand and come out with it within 14 to 21 days right now. Yeah, you can start. You can start. But can you sustain it? Starting and sustaining are two whole different things. So true. This episode is sponsored by a tool that I truly think is important for anyone in e-commerce. One of the criteria for a sponsor on this show is that I have to personally use the service within my own business before I will recommend it. And this is the one that I will truly stand behind. Managing images and videos are important for any brand, but the marketing and creative workflows can be messy. Drafts end up all over your drive or Dropbox, and you have to give feedback over email or Slack. Air makes it easier than ever to centralize and collaborate on your visual assets all in one place. Air's platform provides visual browsing, powerful search tools, secure sharing, and smooth communications so that you can spend less time on organizing and more time on growing your brand. Learn more and get started for free at air.inc. That is A-I-R Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Building Blocks podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ron Shaw, who is the founder and CEO of Avi. Welcome to the show. Jason, thanks so much for having me. Uh, big fan of all the material you've been putting out and a big fan of your show. So honored to be on. Oh, man, I'm flattered. Uh, we're still building. We're catching up to you. Uh, but <laughs> You're in the supplement space, so it's not like we're competitive at all. And it seems like I'm you've been in the supplement space most of your life, right? Like I, I went through your, your LinkedIn. You've been doing yeah. supplements as an agency. You've done work for them. You've owned like a couple. Tell me a little bit yeah. more about like, like what led to Avi. 100%. Um, so a lot of our journey started at a company called Shreds. Um, and that was back in 2012. It's where I actually got to meet Usher and my partner and my other partner, Ankit, as well. We were just employees there. Um, and we handled a lot of the marketing, finance, and design. Um, so us three had three different skill sets, um, but we kind of came together. And from there, we were able to really learn like, oh, wow, we love working. Um, first of all, for this product, because you get to see instant gratification through customers. Secondly, on the side of like being able to innovate so quickly and come out with products, we love both facets of it. Um, so we went on to start our own marketing agency focused on helping health and wellness brands um, called Ghost3 Media. So we launched that in 2014, ran that for five years, worked on about 25 different clients in those five years. We were in a, more of a boutique agency. We never hired employees. It was just the three of us. Um, so the three of us would go into different health and wellness brands that were startups. We would redo their packaging, design, website. We would also go in and handle their paid media finance, ops, innovation pipeline. So almost like, like came in as like a little bit of a suite, a C-suite type of thing. Um, did that for five years. Our, our main goal was to always start our own brand. Um, but we said, if we could learn um, how to do certain things and what not to do, um, a marketing agency is one of the best ways to do that, you know, because technically you can, you can work with other brands and learn from it. So um, that was kind of our career track. So employees, for a supplement brand, a marketing agency for supplement brands focused, and then getting to start our own finally in 2019. I love that. I've always told people that if you want to start your own brand, go work for someone else and learn the ins yeah. and outs of it 
because it's not as glamorous as people think it is. You can't just go on AliExpress, source some products and launch your own store and call it a day. There's so many things like finances, marketing, operating a team, managing employees that people don't see. And it's so, so true. You guys gather all the information and then launch. And then what, three years, $30 million. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, we just crossed 30 million uh, last month. Um, the cool part was, was we really are, 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 are passionate about being bootstrapped and truly believe that if you can be creative, you can actually bootstrap a business to scale. And that's truly one of our top tier goals is to be able to prove that. Um, so yeah, three years, 30 million. Um, we've um, been able to scale quite a lot. Um, and, um, you know, we're a D2C brand, we're D2C focused. It's not like a lot of sales came from retail. So it's been a fun journey so far with Avi. Yeah, DDC is definitely getting tougher nowadays than ever before. Um, I don't have to say the obvious. Um, and it seems like you guys are doing well in retail and also DDC. Where do you really see your business sit? Is this more of a, hey, we're going to start migrating over to retail or you're still going to stay strong in DDC? You know, there comes to this point of scale discussion, right, where it's like, all right, you hit certain numbers, like let's say call it 20, 30, even maybe 40, 50 million. And then, you know, you start really discussing and saying, okay, am I going to turn this into like a hundred million dollar D to C brand, or am I going to get to a hundred million dollars by bringing 20 to $30 million in from retail, some from, you know, affiliates and, and you start channeling it. And I think uh, where we see it is, is we don't want to be super dependent on just one channel of growth. So we're starting to cherry pick certain um, retailers that want to work with us and we want to work with them um, and trying to build a vertical growth strategy rather than super horizontal and get into tons of retail and tons of doors. And uh, so far with Vitamin Shop, that strategy has been working. Yeah, I, I love that. There's this picture I saw where it was you next to other people I, who I also know, like in the same space. And it was for me, I'm an outsider. Like, I'm not competitive with these brands. I'm like, it's cool that I'm seeing my friends succeed and being on the same shelf together. So congratulations for being in the vitamin shop. I have one down the I street. I appreciate that. I'll go grab some later. Um, <laughs> I do want to ask you, you before we get in a little bit dip deeper, you work with your co-founders in other capacities before. How did you guys figure out who is CEO, CMO, and, and the other positions? Because it's kind of... Like you both coming at the same place in the same background. How do you like yeah. take that? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, the biggest thing for us was like, we never looked at even today, like even when we hire new employees, we're like, what title do you want? What do you want on your LinkedIn? The title piece is, is for us just an introduction, right? And after that, nothing else matters. So for us, it wasn't like, who's going to be this? It was like, okay, Ron, you handle majority of like the front facing finance ops and some of the decision making, you can do this. And Ash was so marketing driven. It was almost just, it, it was, you know, it, it made sense. And Ankit being the, the branding designer and creative guy, chief brand officer just made sense. Right. And we've all had that kind of like triple threat position kind of power um, uh, for, and so it wasn't so much a decision. It was like, okay, you know, because we need to have something on paper, this is what it is. But on the background, we're all equal partners, 33% each and equal say in everything. So I think um, it's been going well. And I'll, and I'll say this um, with a grain of salt because it's going well because us three have no idea how to do each other's 
craft. <laughs> We're three craftsmen that know what we have to do for our role, but neither of us can get in each other's lane. So it's not like, oh, Ash, run the ads this way. It is more so, oh, what are you doing with ads? Cool. Now here, let me show you what I'm doing with finance. And then Unkit, here's the label I designed. It's not whether or not we like it. This is what's going out. And that's why when we have three different lanes to stay in, I think that's why it's going well. Um, and, and there's no opportunity to really disagree on things because you don't, you just don't get into someone's space. I love that. And I think that's such a like important clarification because a lot of people come in with 50, 50 partnerships without understanding yeah. that it's not really 50, 50. I don't think it's fair to do 50, 50, just because you guys started it together. There's different things that people bring to a table that are just indispensable and you have to put the value on that too. Uh, I've seen so yeah. many 50, 50 partnership fail for that exact reason. Um, and, yeah. and so for anyone listening, that's one thing that you need to consider is that if you bring on a partner, like outline everything that you guys are doing, pick your titles properly. They're pretty arbitrary in the beginning, but that really dictates what you're responsible for and make sure that you're really goddamn good at it. <laughs> yes, that's what you said there at the end is, is make sure you're a craftsman at what you're going to do. Yeah. Don't just take on a role because it, it, it some, someone needed to handle it, you know? I want to dive deeper into the zero to $30 million playbook. It's a fantastic um, journey that you've had so far. You guys are in a extremely saturated market. I don't need to tell you that. And yeah. <laughs> from a very, from very recent too, there are huge players in the space right now who were lining up these shelves. They had the massive distribution deals. They have endorsements from top athletes. Tell me in the very, very beginning, you guys started with what? $10,000 on your first invoice. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Walk, walk me through like, what did, how did that really work? Like how did you use that $10,000 to jumpstart that business? Yeah. Um, so when we use the $10,000, one thing we knew is we're not putting any more money into this um, because we didn't have a ton of money. Um, and so when that PO came to us um, from day one, the ads, we, you know, we started running ads and, and built a website. Our ads had to work, right? Because that money that we were spending was on a credit card that technically we didn't have really have the money to pay for it. So it was the pressure to perform from day one was there. But I'll, I'll, I'll again put some grain of salt there is we have had eight years of experience prior to that where we kind of knew this is the type of website that's going to convert. These are the type of ads that are going to work. You know, this is why flavors are so important because they can create a, a visual experience for the person. So that's why our first two SKUs, they were not unflavored collagen. They were flavored collagen. Um, it's why Ankit designed the packaging to be pink because we knew we need scroll stroppers in, you know, inside of, inside of the Facebook and, and Instagram experience. So part of it was kind of like engineered to like every piece needs to be perfect on launch so that every penny can make three pennies, you know? Um, so that was from day one was, okay, we have to come at a good row as, and I think because we went such a loud an explicit way with our branding and marketing, um, we were able to convert fairly well right from the get-go. This is pre-iOS days. Again, you know, I always don't want to make anything seem too easy, but it was easier, right? I'm sure you can agree to that. It was easier back then. And we luckily got a good head start. From there, it turned into, okay, we need to start coming out with new products because 
if we can innovate and increase retention and lifetime value very early on, then right away, we're going to be able to keep these customers. The reason the market is so saturated is because there is no barrier to entry. You can create a supplement brand and come out with it within 14 to 21 days right now. Private label, create a label. Labels take two days to print now. Put it out, build a website. You'll be launched 21 days, okay? That's why it's so saturated. So what we said was one thing that we're going to have to separate ourselves is we're going to keep coming out with stuff that people are going to have no way to forget about us. So if we can keep them in our pipeline, they'll never have any reason to leave us. There'll be loyalty. So we have to then figure out, okay, how are we going to launch stuff? We don't have that much capital. So every launch we had to do had to be a sure bet. That was when the creation of the community started. And that creation of the community was purely first a reason of, we're just going to ask people, ask our customers what they want, because then we can't fail, right? If, if they tell us what they want and we create it. So it turned into you know, us starting to scale on ad spend, us releasing products that people actually asked for. So the sell-through rate was very high. And then that turned into a cyclical cycle. So we would keep scaling. We'd release new ones. So retention was high. We'd average 37 to 40% retention every month. So your unit economics were so well inflated that each time the cycle ran every two to three months, you were able to almost double it the next time. So it's why we did 178,000 the first year, but 5.2 million the second year. And third year, we did 19 million. And this year, we're on track to do about 25. So, you know, that, that's, that was a growth pattern. I love that. You guys are so strategic with the way that you guys grew the business. It's a testament that, you know, you do have to be prepared. You know, so many people think you can literally just add a product. And yeah, I, I've heard of people pitching me and say, hey, do you want to start your own private label supplement brand? I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> because I, I, <laughs> I know that it's not sustainable. Like, yeah, you can start, you can start, but can you sustain it? Starting and sustaining are two whole different things. And I, so I love the methodology that you guys had and, you know, asking your product, uh, your customers what they want and really building it for them and building a community so you can continuously engage with them. And I want to touch a little bit more on new product releases because I think extending the lifetime value is obviously very important. Um, reducing the, the repurchase window is obviously very important too. So you guys came out with your flavor collagen. How did you decide what was the next product to make and how do you know that next product will make people to buy the next order sooner? Yeah, um, I'm going to oversimplify this process. <laughs> yeah. What we did was we, uh, we went to Typeform and we created a survey. It was three questions. What do you, what are your, what's your opinion and rating on our current product lineup? Then our next question was, what do you want to see next from Obvi? And our third question was, what is another category of products you'd like to see from Obvi? So next from Obvi was, what are the next flavors you want? Okay. And the next category was, if Obvi didn't have collagen flavors, what's another product we should come out with? When we did the survey, initially it was with like 200 customers. Their next flavor vote was cocoa cereal, okay? Because we launched with fruity cereal and cinnamon cereal. Cocoa cereal. We launched cocoa cereal. Um, that's, that's the flavor we took to R&D. We actually went to our manufacturer and shared our survey. We said, these top three flavors that are voted, can we get the R&D flavor for that? Can we begin R&D? And can we get a sample for this? We got cocoa cereal, and then we went back into our community. And at that point, I think we had like 500 members. Um, 
And we told them, hey guys, you all voted for Coco Cereal. We're launching this in two weeks. Sign up to be notified. I think we had like an 80 or 90% sign up rate on our customer base. When we launched Coco Cereal, I think we had only bought like a thousand units or something. We sold out in like 48 hours. So now we're like, wait, what if we could just keep doing this right. and take out the guesswork? Because that's an, inc- that's an insane cash conversion cycle. Right. Um, and so we kept doing it. And now 44 launches later, total out of all products that we've done, every single product besides the first two that we launched was decided by our community through a type form. Wow. I love that. You know, Doe actually did the same thing back in 2018 when we were trying to figure out what to create. So like the story, the origin stories, I made the lashes for my girlfriend at the time. Um, but yeah. okay, I want to do it, but what can I do better? So I made a type form actually, same exact type form. I had eight questions because um, most of them are just like name identifying like what school they went to and whatnot. And then the questions I asked were like, you know, what do you currently wear? What do you like or not like about it? And if you had the ability to change one thing, what would you change? And there's actually oh, a lot like of that. common denominators like, oh, they're ir- irritating. You know, they poke my eyes. They fall off midway. If I could change something, I'll make the band thinner. I'll make the hair softer. I'll make the styles more subtle. I'm like, yeah, that's easy. I, I could do all that. Yeah. And so that's, that's how we make our first uh, four styles. Um, because, you know, I obviously don't know how to make the perfect pair of lashes. So I didn't do the first two yeah. like you guys did. Um, I actually let, let our people decide first and I actually collected emails. So I didn't have to go back to them to ask for emails again. I uh-huh. used that email to pre-sell um, all our stuff with the promise that if you answer the survey, I will give you a free pair of lashes on top of your, uh-huh. or you can do like a 20% awesome. off, a 30% off. Um, but you can guarantee that you will get at least a certain amount of people to buy, even if you give them a 30% off, right? Yeah. That's uh, that first of all, you took it five steps further. That's incredible. Um, and, but know that it, it's so true. And, and, and so we get this question so often, right? Like, how did you launch so much so quickly? And like the, the oversimplified answer is just ask them what they want and then deliver what they asked. And if you do those two things, cash flow becomes easier. Predictability becomes easier revenue projections become easier to match. So like, you know, you can almost doctor up your own, your, your own business by just letting your, becoming consumer centric and let your community build it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's not even a simplified version. That's really how it is. Most people don't realize <laughs> it's not rocket science, brand building, to an extent, it, there's a framework that you can follow um, and you can do it over, over and over again. My, one of my earlier business, I started a book, a coloring book for memes um, back in 2016. It's called the Meme Bible. And I actually oh, launched the product without the product. I launched it with a Photoshop fo- uh, version of what that book would look like, like coloring pages and whatnot. And I did a quarter million without the product. Because <laughs> I did it as a insane. joke. I thought, I thought that was like a joke. I made a Photoshop. I launched it and it went viral online. It went on Reddit. It went on Product Hunt. Um went all over Instagram and I made a quarter million dollars and I was like, shit, I don't have a product on hand. So I, I wrapped together, you know, I looked for a print shop. This is like Thanksgiving to November, like late November. Everyone's closed. Yeah. They got backlog of orders. So I'm like, shit, I need to launch this. And you yeah. know, thankfully I did and capture a lot of that customers. But what I think what me and you are trying to say is that you don't have to launch with a lot of products. You can launch with very little product or just an idea of a product. 
as long as you have like a suitable timeline for when you're launching, like you cannot collect someone's that's money it. and launch nine months later. It's not a baby. Right. Printing books thankfully only took eight days. Um, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not as hard that's as people true. think. And I think me and you, at least from what I'm reading online of what you tweet is we're trying to demystify this whole industry of, Hey, you need a million dollars to start a business. It's not true anymore. It's not true. It is not true. And that, and, and layer on top of that, you know, the fintech tools, you know, um, I know you're a big fan of Parker too, but you know, fintech tools and even just like uh, inventory financing tools. And, you know, you can literally pre create an entire model of how you want your business to show up numbers wise, unit economics wise, what fintech tools you want to layer on, what your margin can be, and then go to production and say, Hey, here's what I want. Yeah. And then literally come to make it in life. And it, again, it, it's scary when it is that simple because you know, it, it creates a lot of opportunity, but at the same time, I think there is a big stigma around, Oh man, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how you can get to that number that quick without VC or private equity or angel. And it's like, well, th- there's just so many opportunities now. Yeah. I want to wrap up with two questions and they're kind of big questions, but what, what was that thing that really unlocked that growth for you guys? You guys went from, you know, a hundred some K to 5 million the next year. What was that one thing? Was it paid ads? Was yeah. it like creative or a combination of multiple things? I think it has to be, the answer to that has to be a combination of three things. Um, it was branding that was so uniquely positioned, right? Um, that was, that, so, so it was always, whether or not people were going to buy, they were at least going to stop and ask what it is. Um, secondly, the community being there um, as a gateway for all our traffic. Um, as a place where almost from day one, we had brand evangelists. Um, it created a lot of confidence in the consumer purchasing uh, cycle. And then lastly, being at a time where, again, having someone like Ash on the team um, on uh, and pre-iOS days, ad spend being able to be scalable from 1K a day to 5K a day without thinking about it, that was very powerful. Um, so I think a combination of those three things, because um, you can be the best media buyer, but if you have shitty content or you have um, a not the best looking brand, it's not going to do the same damage, you know? So I think you need a combination of a few things. I love that. And the next thing is, what were some of the scariest times you've had as a CEO? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, my, um, my scariest time was actually when we were launching our protein bars, we were supposed to launch them in April and it was April of 2020. Um, And of course that's height of when all the pandemic stuff started and stuff like that. (laughs) It got delayed to July 1st. And when we got our bars at the manufacturing plant, half of them came melted. Um, Cause they were, they were like coded, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was a scary time because in this, in this point you've spent maybe 50, $60,000 on launching a new category. It's not even like an extension to my product. Um, so what we ended up doing, you know, was we basically let people know, Hey, as soon as you get our product, don't even open it. 
put it in the refrigerator, right? And again, having gateways of communication to our customer base in a community format and email, text, every single channel, we were very upfront and honest and we had no idea what to expect. But then it turned into where our product became, wait, if you have these refrigerated, they actually taste like a candy bar. And so it turned into like this huge play on the, on the bars. Like now everyone refrigerates our bar before eating them. So it was like, it was a very scary moment because uh, getting into food beverage when you're in the supplement industry um, can make or break you. Um, but, um, and, and then I think the one other one that was really scary was when um, our first uh, stock out happened. Uh, where we basically oversold even a few units and we were back ordered. Um, what, what I thought was going to be the end of our business, because everyone's going to be like, why the hell are you sold out? Turned into extreme FOMO that turned into a restock that did double our initial launch. Wow. Um, and then our strategy now has been, we're going to stock out on purpose and buy limited runs on every run. So we stock out, let FOMO happen, let the feedback come. The restock has always doubled our launch now in wow. terms of revenue. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. We, we've had a few stockouts yeah. too, and we definitely see similar sentiments, but not double. That's good. You're, you're definitely juicing that a lot better than we are, like like playing on the FOMO. Trying to. Try. That's what I need to learn. I, I mean, I love these conversations because I have these calls with a lot of my friends who are founders, and and I always get these great tips. And that's really what inspired me to do these shows, like these conversations and these it's awesome. It's like, can I broadcast my conversations with my friends for the rest of the right. world to hear? So thank you for sharing that. I'm definitely learning. I'm taking notes. Like if you see me headset, I'm <laughs> taking notes for my friends. <laughs> I and I'm that. most likely going to make them listen to this. So thank you for coming on no. to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Where can we find you? Um, I think right now the best place is, is Twitter. I joined about uh, six weeks ago because Ash was really pushing me and I okay. absolutely am addicted. <laughs> um, so I'll be, I'll be CEO on Twitter. Otherwise, LinkedIn, uh, just look up my name. Um, two best places I'm always on. Love it. Definitely follow Ron on Twitter. I've had the pleasure of watching him tweet and supporting um, on the sidelines and just love love the stuff that you put out. I, I appreciate that. Founders who are vulnerable, um, transparent. Because I think it's very important for us, at least in this space, if we have an ounce of influence to really show people the real side of running a business, it's yeah. owners. It's not private jets to the Bahamas every every weekend. No. It's a lot of um, sitting at a warehouse and wondering what the heck do we do now? Or you yeah. know, maybe running out of cash because you, your burn rate just too high. Like Those are the things that no one talks about. So I love you guys being so transparent about it. So um on behalf of everyone appreciate you and then hope i can have no thanks absolutely and jason thanks so much for having me again honored to be able to speak to you and love what you've been doing and, and sharing and, and building that twitter community and offline and online so appreciate you you just heard an episode of the building blocks podcast if you like what you heard subscribe below to keep hearing conversations that i have with brilliant marketers founders and innovators on how they built their best ideas now if you want to learn how you can turn your best ideas and build something massive out of it visit my website bbclass.co or follow my twitter at agro